Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. My name is Hannah Hart, and this is Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. Today, I will be talking to special guest Thomas Sanders as we discuss how to get over a heartbreak. Is there a way? I don't think so. Let's see what happened. Thomas, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Hannah. This has been fun. Have you uh, ever listened to Hannah's this? I have not. Um, I appreciate no, your honesty. That I'm... was a that was only a test to see if you were truthful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. I I I think you've got a great lead up, and you can, like this is a great intro. I uh, would have taken fifty times to get down an intro. I've already been you know, practicing for years. I believe you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, so basically, Analyze This invites someone to come in and, and analyze with a Hannah, um, mm. sometimes two. My co-host mm. is named Hannah Gell. Yeah. And today's topic we are going to be analyzing is, is, is pretty personal. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was a little surprised. I, I thought it was going to be like singy, singy, bing bong. You know, which I'm sure <laughs> was your favorite character from Inside Out. Yeah. Yes. Singy, singy, bing bong. Singy, singy, bing bong. You know, a lot of people missed his cameo. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Bing bong? Bing bong. He's a real character. Not singy, singy, bing bong. Oh, that's the, that's the sibling. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you didn't know? I thought that was just an adjective you gave to bing bong. Oh, singy, singy. <laughs> but anyway, heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, heartbreak sucks, man. Very, very much so. Yeah, no. It's not so much really about heartbreak as much as it's about moving on from heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that is the, that is the task. That's the struggle. Is your heart currently broken? Uh, Not at this current time. So yeah, a lot of this, uh, we took on this topic back in 2017 on the series that we, me and Joan write for. Uh, Sanders sides um, and used the character of Thomas and his aspects of personality to kind of work through his own heartbreak. So we kind of took different elements of each other's past experiences with moving on after like a breakup and kind of parceled through um, what could be gleaned, what kind of advice could be given to somebody who's dealing with a loss of some kind. And the Sandersides is a uh, scripted series that you do on your YouTube channel yeah. uh, that features basically different manifestations of your own personality and how they interact with each other. Right. So like logic, uh, my hopes and dreams and creativity is all one character. My morality and basically like my feelings and my, my heart was one character. And that was the one that was really struggling in that particular episode. Morality as a heart feeling as mm. opposed to like a logic feeling. Mm. I was thinking about morality in reference to like social structures and like we have to be moral because we operate in existence with other people. And that's a re- that's another part that we did tackle in another episode because it's so true. Because moral- morality is, is so 
societally influenced uh, from an early age. And yeah. it could be derived from your faith if you were raised with mm. the faith um, or just based off of what society tells you is and is not right. Mm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, the, my that character so we got- had to... Brand, we, that's why one of the reasons we gave them names, so that we could be like, it's, he doesn't just represent morality. He's also kind of just your instinctual feelings, the ones that you can't really process a lot. What, what, what'd you name him? Sadie, um, Sadie, Big Boss? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was the second choice. Okay. Uh, we went with Patton, and it's kind of based off of the Greek word pathos. Um, so that deals with a lot of like your emotions and, so, and arguing on an emotional level. Logic is named... Uh, Logan. Oh. That's the most logical oh. of the names. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. that was, <laughs> I think that the name Logan will never happen again. Oh my god! No one will ever name their child. That. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just have very strong feelings. Um, no, that's all good. <laughs> just uh, no derivation with any other known Logans. <laughs> any and all. What is the things that at the, at the oh, end wait, of like, that, credits? This may not bear any representation, likeness, etc. Right. It's co- purely coincidental. Yeah. It's not intentional. Dude, I want to put that on every video where people are like, hey, and you're like, did you make this up? I'm like, would I oh, my choose gosh. to do that ever? <laughs> no, I would choose not to make a video. Mm. Okay, so we have Logan the Logic. Yes. Patton, and then Patton Pathos. Yes. And then uh, Roman, who is the all romantic? of the hopes and dreams romantic. Mm. There you go. Um, yeah, and my creativity. So that's that. And then um, there are a couple other new individuals that were introduced. So mm. there's one is like all of my fears, my anxiety, big time anxiety. Mm. Um, he was first introduced as my anxiety and his name's Virgil. Um, a lot of my, my uh, followers, my supporters are huge fans of Virgil just because he's a little angsty boy. He just, uh, he is he, the one who... Um, had to go through, he's gone through a huge character arc in like, because I think our hope, our fears and stuff are things that we reject a lot of times as weakness or mm. as things that we're not particularly proud of. Mm. Um, but it is important to just know and embrace the fact that that's a part of you. Mm. And so that's kind of, that was part of the story that we were telling. Oh, wow. I really love how the, the Sanders sides have, have grown to yeah. this point. Yeah. We have other series that we have started and we are working on. But Sanders Science is like, it's still ongoing and it's our main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have an end. We do know that it will end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when probably a lot of the other series will start taking more of the, the full lead. We recently introduced my deceitful side because we basically, that was where we started talking about the, the quote unquote, <gasps> the dark sides. Oh. So these are the signs that not necessarily they're evil, but these are the signs of ourselves that we choose not to show so much light on mm. of ourselves. And one of the episodes was um, being confronted with the fact that Thomas, the character, as well as any human, is capable of lying. That is a side that introduces himself and starts to like, he's not meddling as much as he is actually giving reasonable arguments as to like, maybe this is for self-preservation. Lying is good. Question. Love that. So the Sandersides, they all have different looks, different vibes, you know, Mm -hmm. different outfits, different costumes. Is the liar just you? (laughs) (laughs) No. Is his name Tomas? But he does take the form of other people very easily. Whoa. Does he have a look? He does have a look. And this was one of the first characters Joan, my co-writer, had a real hand in the design of. So we we really went with uh, almost like a 19 or an 1800s 
bad guy villain like wooden that Sherlock would probably come up against. He had like this bowler hat. He wears gloves because mm. they're very, that's kind of, you know, you associate that with hiding something. One of those capelets and his color is yellow. That's mm. his base color just because of yellow with cowardice and, and, and what that like represents. And then one whole side of his face is a snake. Yo! So two-facedness. Wow. And, uh, you know, what a snake is associated with. Wow. So it's really cool. And it's, but the snake contact lens eye is, is really interesting to work with. That's pretty darn cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Though there is much to be said on the topic of lying and lying to others versus ed- lying to oneself, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I think this has all been a pretty big digression from <laughs> what we're here to talk about no, today. No, it's all good. So I, I will note that when I asked, are you currently heartbroken? Have you been through a heartbreak? Mm-hmm. You know, we started talking about the Sanders sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2017, was there some an experience in your life that motivated uh, motivated this? Yeah. So without going into too many details, there was a relationship that I had gotten through. And it was a first relationship, mm-hmm. which is the, like, Far for anybody. Spoiler alert. Probably the hardest to move on from. Very much so. Because you're like, what, what, what? <laughs> right. And it's like the first person that you've like let into your life to a very large extent. First time experiencing intimacy outside of whatever the family means. Right. Yeah. You plan things in the future. These things start, you know, you start imagining yourself with this person years down the line. You let all of your guards down in your all first relationship. Because you yep. don't know. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God. Yeah. So this is love. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Good. So like this that. is love. Here's everything, yeah. you know? And I think in a lot of ways, first relationships are just two people emotionally vomiting their baggage on each other. Absolutely. <laughs> no, for sure. And I, I think, and that was the thing is like, we both helped each other through some intense portions of my, of like each other's lives. Like, you know, this was the person that encouraged me to come out and they, and they made sure they made darn sure the, you weren't like, coming out for them. For them. Yeah. They were adamant about that. They're like, please do not do this because of me. Like they, yeah. and that was the thing is like a lot of my feelings I knew were solely me because when that breakup happened, it was very much because, you know, he saw his life going a, a different direction and that's fair. Mm. I think that's fair because as you get older, sometimes you realize what's best for you is figuring yourself out before you can let anybody else in. Where I was emotionally, um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared and it wasn't on my terms. And so there's a lot left unsaid. You know, there's a lot where you're just like, you want to fix it, but you don't have the time. Mm. And all you're left with is this analysis going on current constantly in your head. You mean at the end of the relationship, you feel there's so much left undone but like that has right. yet to happen or and yet to be said or could have been blah it's all yeah. the could haves it's it goes into all of this dissection of where you went wrong oh god you know? so true yeah so it's and it's it's it, it it feels like it never will stop you know you're never going to stop having those feelings and for a lot of people i don't think those feelings do stop they just change a little bit i think the way that I look back on that relationship now is like, there was a lot of pain and yeah, it was, it was not a fun time, but would I exchange it for anything? No, because like there was so much one can learn Mm -hmm. from those experiences and it helps build you for, you know, any other relationships you have in your lifetime. It's kind of like when you're painting something or in a painting, you add a shade and sometimes that shade 
isn't directly seen, but it affects the picture as a whole. And so as we go through our lives, we're adding touches, adding shades, wow. adding hues, and you're creating this larger and larger landscape. And so each, so it's not like the heartbreak ever goes away or the pain ever goes away. Mm. There's just other layers that get added to it. Yeah. And it lessens. It's sometimes what could have been the basis of your landscape in the beginning mm. of the painting turns into just your background. I love that. You know, like yeah. at least that's, that's the way I think of it. Um, that's really cool. So how old were you? So in 2017, you went through a, the breakup? Uh, it had happened like a little bit before then. Messily? Was it a clean break? It wasn't messy, oh. really. It oh. really wasn't because like we still had a lot of love for each other. Um, uh, sometimes those can be the messiest. Those can be the messiest. Absolutely. I was very well aware that there wasn't any miscommunication coming from the other side. And these were all feelings coming from me. Oh, you know? yeah. Like it was, it was like, it was very solid. It was all stated well. There was no miscommunication as far as feelings go. And, you know, he was doing everything right in terms of what a breakup is. And I was just like, uh, like yeah. I was left with flailing. Just, yeah. Which sucks. I mean, it's also very mature of you. I mean, if it's only been like two, three, however many years, it's very mature of you to have come to that realization. Cause I think, you know, as we talk about moving on mm -hmm. and, you know, try to find in reflection, what does it take to move on? Mm -hmm. I, I, I realize that a part of it is accepting yourself objectively in the breakup mm -hmm. because I, during my first breakup, I was convinced it was this big, complicated web that if I could just figure it out, yeah. we could be together. Mm -hmm. And I would not have to go through this. I wouldn't have to go through this heartbreak. There's, there's a thing. It's a sentence. It's a word. It's a gesture. It's a poem. It's a song. It's a, there's no, something true. I can do to save this. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I'm, I was there. And uh, similarly, the, my first breakup was very clear. She was like, no, I'm done. It was very clear. And it got, it was messy back and forth because we were friends. And obviously when your best friend wants to comfort you, mm -hmm. it's hard if your best friend is the person that has dumped you. Yes. Yeah. That's what's tricky is, is cause like, this is all, this is somebody who it wasn't just a relationship. It was like a really good friend and confidant and mm. somebody that you did go to when you had these similar issues um, so how do you suffer that, without your support system? Right, you're alone there. And then that's the big thing. I think for me, I was lucky enough to have other people in my life that were super close. They weren't as close and they got closer. And that helped just because you needed somebody to just talk to. The other thing that helped was distance. Mm. You know, you have to, I feel like that's just super important. And again, Ugh, yeah. that, was, that was so his part. He was just like, you got to take some space. I got to do my thing because that's why we're breaking up. And I just need to be by myself because I think that's what's important. That's, right that is one of the biggest struggles in the end of a relationship oh, it sucks. is if literally just zero contact, you're just going to suffer longer. It blurs, and long. it blurs everything yeah. and it's picking a scab, right? What's the number one way to heal a scab? You can't touch it. Just as like, let it heal. And if you keep messing with a wound, it's going to keep reopening and reopening. Honestly, as a fixer in my life, as like a fixer and a caretaker and, you know, my neurotic happy self, it was maddening. I felt like I was going crazy mm. when I first went through heartbreak. I literally felt like I was losing my mind. There was nothing else I could think about. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that helped was effectively getting rid of all my reference material. 
Mm. So it's no more texts, no more phone calls, no more conversations, no more. Oh, we got lunch and it was so great for like 30 minutes. I think there's a lot of potential there. And oh, I sent her this thing and she replied. It's there's so much potential here. We're rebuilding this. We're going to save this. The only thing that worked was cutting all that off. So my brain had nothing else to play with. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's totally uh, it's so funny how much you're saying I can relate to because it's just like, you know, if I love you hard enough then that's all that it takes, right? But it's not, it's, it's gotta be a mutual thing. And you're right, I, there would be moments like just small exchanges where I'm like, maybe this is the start. Maybe this is the start to something. Um, and it's not, it's just somebody who's trying to be cordial and treat you as the friend that they want because they're not, they're not mad at you. But they're not gonna be cruel to they're you. They're not gonna be cruel and they, they do have a lot of love for you. Mm-hmm. It's just, they know that what was, wasn't, accommodating to what they needed in their life at that time. And that's just something that must be accepted. So, it's, yeah. it's, isn't it funny how hard it is to accept that you can love someone and they don't love you back mm. in the same way? It's, it's tough and it takes a lot of maturity and growth to be okay with that. And, yeah. and it takes time. Yeah, Time is so helpful. And one of the things that we did do, my good friends that came in to help, was just like uh, when they deal, dealt with a lot of difficult feelings, they worked through a lot of it through their art. And so they were like, it could be a very cathartic thing for you to take this sadness and this, you know, loneliness that you feel and put it into something that can be displayed and make you feel like somebody's hearing what you're feeling right mm. now, like putting it out into the universe. There's a lot of ways to manifest that energy. You there know, is. I, I always feel like, and maybe it's just because we work in LA or like I work in LA, we work in creative fields. People always talk about the artist, the artist, the artist, and putting it into art and making it into art, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Effectively, if we, if we try and take away the personality aspects, it's about taking the energy that you have mm-hmm. for that person and that experience and repurposing it into something. Yeah. Is it art? Is it volunteering? Is it cleaning your house? Mm. Is it exercise? Is it cooking? Is yeah. it whatever? It's taking the energy and just manifesting it through a different outlet, a yeah. different way. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think with with uh, Joan's suggestion, it was because they knew. Oh, yeah, and for I, you, that's art. I liked music mm-hmm. and I liked to make these videos. So they were like, that might be your outlet for you. For your healing. So you're right. That It definitely takes different forms. And so, yeah, that, that's what led to a couple of different things, including that one episode. Which one? The one, one. we did, uh, the Sandersides episode involving moving on, oh, okay. you know, taking on. And we just, we, a lot, a lot of the stuff was fictionalized. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff was the stuff that I didn't actually experience. We just kind of like repurposed it. Mm. Um, but the, the heart of it was still there. Mm-hmm. And the, the feelings were very, very real. Do you wonder if chefs are ever like, Oh yeah, that's my breakup burrito. That's how I mastered that. That's how I mastered <laughs> I that would recipe. Not be surprised, right? That's actually really interesting. I wonder if like the best kind of food has come well, out of like. Also, my my pers- so I just started working with a personal trainer. She her story is basically, and one day she'll probably come on the podcast. She has no idea, but you know that's awesome. Cut to a year from now because <laughs> right now it's a relationship just for me. Yeah, but she uh, used to be about like a hundred pounds overweight. She went through a horrible breakup worst depression of her life, Mm -hmm. finishing her master's and college stuff, just like her whole life fell apart. Mm -hmm. And her version, her art, what she channeled it into was exercise. Yeah. She decided she was going to lose the weight. Yeah. You know, and it's changed the course of her life. And in that way, I feel like 
these relationships, even after you, the, even after the impact isn't so impactful, yeah. they still play their part in the course and of your life. Mm. You know? No, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's, I, I think that's all part of the personal growth because, and I think that's, that's another thing is it's you, especially for a first relationship. I remember being so mad at myself after the relationship was over going, gosh, I was so self, I was so like independent. Yeah. I didn't have to rely on anybody. And I was so, you know, cause I've been closeted for so much of my life. Mm. And I was at that point, just the thought of relationship is so out of my, out of my, even my atmosphere. I didn't even consider a relationship. And then this person came into my life and completely changed it. And afterwards I was like, I depend on this person and now they're gone and dang it, I've lost my independence. And what's cool with your personal trainer friend is that it was like an act of taking their life back into their own hands and uh, reclaiming that independence. And I think that's important before you go into any relationship again, you have to gain that. You, you know, have to have a self that you can't lose Yeah. in someone. Yeah. And if you know that your grip on your own, your, your sense of self-awareness, love, protection, worth is too perforated mm. by the influence of another, mm -hmm. maybe you're not ready yet. I, I will say that like that with my relationship with Ella, it's so nice to be growing in a relationship with someone, which is its own fucking form of growth, mother. <laughs> uh, but also to feel like I'm not going to get lost. Yeah. Or that, like, God forbid, Ella's the love of my life. Love, 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 love. If, if, if for some reason we got a divorce or we broke up, it wouldn't be the end of my world. Right. It would be the end of this ver version of my world, which would really suck and hurt a lot, but I would still exist. Yeah. It's like, and I think that the only way to know that about yourself is to be heartbroken, mm. is to have that devastation and build that scar tissue. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's beautiful how you put that. I, I think the other plus to it is, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not advertising or advocating people go through multiple relationships, but... I am. Some, yeah, Fuck no. everybody. <laughs> I, think, I think what comes with that is with, with, like, when you're at least just dating somebody, just going on a couple of dates... You start to build up like, oh, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And a lot of times in a first relationship, you don't know what it is you don't like and what you don't. And you just accept everything. And you don't realize that a lot of it can be toxic. Um, and you just, because you've accepted it and you're like, this is love. This is exactly what And a lot is. of your own behavior can be toxic. Yeah. Like, oh, oh I don't yes. need to talk to any of my friends. I can drop off of the earth because I'm in a relationship now. And mm. I'm going to ditch everybody. Mm. That's very toxic. You know, you don't, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. So in, let me ask you this, and this is something I, I needed help with. And I'm curious if, if it was the same, how do you define moving on? And when do you decide it's time to move on? Well, I think moving on is accepting the relationship is in the past and being ready for somebody else to enter your life. I think that's, that's the defining moment. Like when you're able to give your heart to somebody else, not that you've lost the love you had for the other person, but it's turned into a different kind of emotion for that person. I think that's truly when you've moved on. Mm -hmm. I think I, it's some people don't, I don't think some people do. And that's okay too. Like if somebody has been married for somebody and that person has trapped, like has died, you know, let's just say that. Oh yeah. Um, 
And that person, <laughs> right? No, trust me. I there's, there's many people in my mind that I that, la, 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 la. right that I'm like. This is a healthy be, way to deal with it. La, 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 la. <laughs> but I mean, like, and and if that person does never move, never moves on from that individual, that's fine. Yeah. And it's not a race. Mm-hmm. I, I think moving on takes years sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I think it's like, how do you, you know, how do we define moving on? And I guess. That's a good point. It's like accepting acceptance. It's, it's, it's over. It's over. There's nothing to rethink. It's letting go of the questions that don't have answers. Right. For me, that's what it was. It was letting go of any made up question in my head that didn't have an answer. When you have a heartbreak, some part of you doesn't want to. No, it's very irrational. It feels very strange because you're just like, you just keep, there's this little like just thing of hope. Yeah. And just like, wouldn't it be cool? But I think that part of your brain chooses to ignore. We were just talking about this earlier. Joan had reminded me part of what we talked about in the videos. When we look, when it's, when there's enough distance between the present and the relationship, there starts to be a cognitive distortion about like in regards to the relationship. And a lot of times your brain can mentally filter out the bad parts of those relationships. So all you're left with is the good moments. Mm-hmm. You think back and you're like, boy, that was so great. What, like, what went wrong? Like, we had all these wonderful moments. And then you forget, like, little things you did or little things they did got under your skin or their skin. Or, or just, like, you, oh, they didn't, they never listened. Or they, they stopped, you know, meeting at these, you know, the times that you agreed to meet on. And you realized there were little things that when you were living together, it just didn't work. And those things fall by the wayside, but those were the things that just did not help the relationship. Yeah. And, and you realize, you realize that when you're independent, how much that all those things fall out of your mind because you have nothing there to remind you of. Right. It's funny because it's not just about love. It's not just about left, mm. like the chemical memory left in its wake of like, Oh, but there was love and joy. And I remember all these feelings of ecstasy and happiness and blah. Yeah. And you forget you, you, it's easy to forget that we are humans that function in society. It's easy to forget fatigue. It's easy to forget exhaustion, frustration, annoyance, hurt, and be like, and just remember those big burst those, moments. Yeah, those big happy moments. And those big happy moments, and your brain's like, yeah, isn't that what it was like? I don't know. I'm moving on, man. Listen, <laughs> I've got five senses and a lot to deal with. Yeah. You know, uh, in particular, the episode of The Sanders Sides available on your channel, YouTube.com/slash Thomas Sanders. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Do you know the name of it? The name of the episode. Yeah, people want to search it. Yeah, so it's, it was two parter. Um, the first part was about nostalgia, mm-hmm. and the second part was about moving on. Mm-hmm. So the, the the downsides to continuously looking back. Oh yeah. Um, nostalgizing all the time, and then the big reveal at the end of that episode was. Why, like, why, why, why people gonna watch it? <laughs> it led into the it being on. a part two. Yeah, and moving on. So let's talk about nostalgia. Let's talk about the role that plays. It's the fantasy, right? It's the memory. It's the good endorphin kick. Right. Yeah. You just remember. It's very much what we've been talking about. It's it's you just remembering the good times. Um, or even, to be honest, I felt that like the heartbreak was nostalgic for me too. Mm. Like sometimes, I, and this is at the very beginning, and I was much, much younger, like almost like sinking into that heartbreak. Yeah, you want it to be sad. I want it to be sad. Yeah. It was exciting and it felt good to like wind myself up into those thoughts and be like oh what was it what was it and re-ask all these questions that 
maybe if they're answered or not, weren't really relevant anymore. Yeah. No, you definitely, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting making your songs sound different to you. Like the heartbreak songs all of a sudden make so much more sense. And you're like, I felt that way too. They would never pick up the phone. You're right. Whoever, whatever song. Mine was that uh, <laughs> slow dancing in a burning room by oh John Mayer. Oh Jesus. yeah. I love that song. But I listen to it now and I'm like, I don't even think I'd like it now. I yeah. think I'd hear it and be like, yeah, it's a little, a little much. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like no. at the time I was like on repeat. Yeah, uh, it's well. Oh, it was the the line. Um, this is the deep and dying breath of the love that we've been working on. Is a line from the song. Oh my god! The deep and dying breath. I just love the analogy. I was like, yeah, slow dance. Oh, the pain. It's so expensive. <laughs> yes. Sing to me, John Mayer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, in a sense, nostalgia can even manifest both about the good, but then also your own desire to stay in that like um, cathartic experience. Uh, yeah. I mean, we experience it in different fashions. Even if you've never been in a relationship before to look back on anybody, if even if you're, especially if you're like in an older generation, looking back on like the nineties or like when you were a kid, we nostalgize about like those parts and be like, it was so great back then. Yeah. What? Like and, when, and when like, we talk about the nineties, like, Oh man, the nineties. Like, yeah. In the nineties you forget like, you know, dial up was a thing and you forget like gay people couldn't get married. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the way that, um, the, the LGBTQ the community were like, yeah. were like portrayed on television and we, mm -hmm. you know, still the butt of the jokes. And a lot of people still, if you want to get political, look back on, old time American being like, oh, oh we want great. that time back again. Back before women got the vote. Right. Back before <laughs> civil rights were a thing. Right. Um, <laughs> you're like, hey, it wasn't so great. You know, like, um, it's very, it's that same thing. We mentally filter out all of that stuff and just keep the sunshiny parts, you know? I wonder if this overindulgence and nostalgia that we're talking about, or this mm -hmm. like idea of, oh, it was so great when, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's a form of escaping the present. I mean, yeah. To put something else, to put the past on a pedestal. Why else would we binge watch Stranger Things all 4th of July? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Reagan was in office, but yeah. Back to the Future. Hey, it was great. Macarena. <laughs> so when we've come to accept that we can't keep, I don't know, like I don't, uh, putting on a pedestal, like thinking about the past is this great, glorious thing. Mm. It means that it's time to really look at your present. Yeah. And sometimes that means moving on and making new memories. I wonder if the hesitation is that people don't want to be hurt again. And so it's like, oh, oh I'd yeah. rather wallow in this past pain, which I'm so erotically familiar with. It's that. And you have like, you do still have this very romantic image of the past relationship. And you're like, I don't know if you have the energy or the capacity to give your heart as holy as you did to this first person to another person and i don't think that that's not impossible i i do think that any other love that you do give to a person is always going to be a little more guarded at that point because you don't want the same amount of heartbreak as you did well also boundaries are healthy yes having an individual identity within a relationship mm. is healthy. Mm -hmm. And so your first relationship is kind of like, it's like throwing paint against the wall. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is my most barest, unrefined, emotionally intimate self. Yeah. 
And yeah, every relationship's going to be different after that. Mm. And thank God, because yeah. hopefully you're going to be different yeah, after that. That's true. It's a new chapter. And I think that's what you should look at because everything is not going to be perfect. It's all going to come up with its own challenges, but it's, it's also hopefully going to come with its own goodness as well. We were just talking about this to draw a comparison. Uh, Joan talked about a story with their friend who had moved from like Washington to Florida or something like that. It was like somewhere that they, it wasn't a perfect living situation, but when they were down in Florida, they kept comparing it to where they had previously lived. And mm. they were, they were like, it's not as great as, you know, even though their past living experience wasn't perfect either. If it was and perfect, it, wouldn't it still exist? Right, was, exactly. Right. Why yeah. did they move in the first place? And it ruined their experience here mm. or, or in Florida. I keep forgetting I'm in LA right now. What's up? <laughs> and, but like, it's very simple. Like don't allow the past to interfere with your enjoyment of the present. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, that's an easy thing for me to say. It's a hard thing to really absolutely wrap your mind around and embrace. It's, you got to be ready for possibility again. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you can occupy loneliness with heartbreak. You know, you can be like, Oh, I'm so exquisitely alone. Cause my heart is broken. Mm. As opposed to being like, well, what do I do now? Right. I don't think that's um, helpful. Uh, <laughs> I think that that can take a real toll on your on your mental health because you'll uh, there's there's a, the possibility of uh, you know this growing feeling of um, I'm going to always be dejected. I'm always going to not be accepted, and it 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 takes a lot of putting yourself back out there and starting small mm-hmm. um, and being ready. To, to be ready to be afraid. Yeah. You know, and when your first love, you're so ignorant. You have no idea what, you, you don't know in. what could happen. You, you just give everything away yeah. and then you hurt, you get hurt. Yeah. And I think that until you're ready to face a new unknown, you don't want to. It's kind of like building a final fantasy party, you know? <laughs> So like or like an RPG. Please walk me through this. I'm okay. excited. So in a in an RPG game, yeah, or in a, in a game where you have like multiple members of your party, mm-hmm. right? So you've got like a magician, you've got like a wizard. Okay, those are guys the same. But anyway, you got. No. Let's just make it easy. White mage, dark mage. Right. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> let's say you have a magic person, uh, a weapon person. So like a magician, an archer, a thief, a thief, mm-hmm. and. A guardian. A guardian. Let's say that. That's good. A what healer. A healer. Healer. That's healer. what it is. It's That's a healer. A good one. So you have those four people in your party. In your first relationship, it's just you. It's you. You are alone. And you go in and you level up as far as you can without the other people in your party. Mm-hmm. And their second relationship is what you need to build after you have these manifestations of self. Your guardian, your healer, your magic, your wisdom, all that good stuff. That's what you take to move on in the game. Oh, that's interesting. Because you're I never like you're never gonna be able to beat like a level five you're boss. You're gaining those relationship experience points. Effectively, yeah. Yeah. And you can spend your XP on building up your healing or your magic or your strength, whatever it is that you need for how you want to play your game. That was my fault. I built up all of my magic and didn't like put any points towards shield. Mm. Defense. That's an important important part. It is. That's quite the charmer. I believe that. (laughs) 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 But yeah, you know, and so I think being ready to move on is wanting to keep playing the game. It's wanting to get to the other levels. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see what's in the next world? Do you want to get there? And if you're you're not ready, then yeah, you're going to stay where you are. Yeah, level up 
in the place that you're at. Yeah. De- depend on yourself. Build up your party. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for the world around you to change because it won't change until you're ready to be in it. Mm, that's that's really important too. The circumstances are always going to be there, and it's it is about adapting. It's about reclaiming that love for yourself and knowing your worth. Because, like, as somebody who's dealt with a lot of self worth issues, you have to cut yourself some slack and know that you're worth something, and know that when you're giving that part of yourself to somebody, it's worth something. That's so important. Oh, God. Thomas, I love you. Yeah. Okay. Let's, to summarize this, because I'm so appreciative of your time. If you had one thing you could go back to say to Thomas mid the worst of it, like in, like if you today could time travel, be like, Hey dude, like if there's one thing you could think of to say to him, what would it be? I would say, I know, I know that this sounds impossible right now, but there will be a day when it's not going to hurt and you just have to hold out and focus on yourself for right now, you know, avoid self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Focus on yourself. Don't make it any harder to heal by like drinking poisons and stuff. Exactly. That's, that's the thing because I think there's a lot of recklessness in order to hide pain. That's doing nobody any good. Yeah. You're going to go through it. Make sure it doesn't dictate the rest of your life. Bye. I think that was the big thing that I knew because I I was like, anybody that goes through that heartache is scared. They're never going to stop hurting. Yep. You don't, you think it's impossible. Yep. But there is, there is another side to that storm that you're going through right now Mm -hmm. and you will come out of it. Oh, the the hurt is the source of so many unhealthy habits. You know, it's like, oh, I'm hurting. I'm going to numb it with alcohol or drugs or food or sex or harm, like all this stuff. And it's like, okay, there are moments of these recklessness and you get it when you're at your worst. But when you're making choices again Mm -hmm. and you can feel your choices being made, when you have a choice, make the one that's going to last. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know that this, this resource isn't always available to people who don't have the ability, but if it is at all within your power and you need somebody who is an objective listener, a lot of times therapy or a psychiatrist can really help you work through that. Freaking yes. Go to therapy after a breakup because literally intimate romantic relationships are the Modern reflection of all of your shit. Mm-hmm. It's all your childhood. It's it all is. your past. It's it, your it's your parents. It's your family. You, you it's everything. It. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, if you got to go unpack it with a professional, if you feel like you have done everything you can on your own, you might want to go process the breakup with a professional because there's probably an element to it that you might need some support guiding yourself through. Yeah. And it's just a it's just a checkup. It's mm-hmm. There's, there's no judgments. It is an objective sound, soundboard. So there's no bias when you're like, sometimes when you talk with family or friends, there's biases in it and it messes with you. And sometimes you need somebody completely out of the picture who's trained in this to be able to help you. Yep. And there's no shame in that. Yep. And it really can help you avoid the behaviors or tendencies that could be destructive. Yep. And you'll probably end up getting your life back, which would be great. Right. And I'm sure your family and friends (laughs) would appreciate it too. Not, you know, you know, it's a nice adjustment. It's a nice adjustment. There's a lot of hope there. Oh, this is so great. Thomas, 
Thank you so much for being here. Thank of you so course. much for sharing uh, an additional side of yeah. yourself. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, <if> people... <laughs> My deceitful side. Oh, shit. <laughs> I missed it. You're wearing the contacts. I know. Um, if you, uh, If people want to find out more about you and how to spend time with you and look at your amazing art and work, where can they find you? So all you have to do is go on YouTube, search my name, Thomas Sanders. Uh, I have the main channel that has mainly my scripted content and the original songs. We do have a side channel we just started recently called Thomas Sanders and Friends. And that's where it's me and my friends taking on all sorts of things, literally all sorts of things, games, equality. We do a lot of history videos and just covers of songs, all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. Awesome. That's our main thing. If you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you feel free to become a Patreon, a patron, and support the wonderful work we're doing here at Analyze This. Um, Maybe we'll buy more microphones. Uh, Give me a head to go to patreon.com slash analyze this and donate today. Donations start at five bucks, but gay, guess what? One cup of coffee, one great podcast, four great podcasts a month. Uh, Thank you much for being here. Thank you for listening. Love you, earbuds. Bye-bye.